Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. We're going to be glad with the star style goddess gardener today because we are going to go into the garden and talk about my favorite month of the whole year, May, because it's so glorious out there. Hello, power partners, and welcome to our informational playground. This is star style, not stair style, star style, be the star you are, and we're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of be the star you are charity. And today we are going to be talking about the wonderful things that are happening in the garden in May, plus how kids are learning less, but they're working harder. And then, of course, it's Mother's Day. So we'll do a little tribute to moms and talk about what we're going to be doing for our moms, you know, around the world because they perform astronomical duties every day without much fanfare. So this is the one day a year that's dedicated to our great mamas, and we want to um, celebrate them, even though we know it's a commercial venue. You know, there's just simple ways to take care of our moms, and we really do appreciate them. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are, which will be at the Moraga Fair this Saturday, May 13th, and have a great booth with face painting and a reading circle and complimentary book and all brought to you um, through the sponsorship of Michael Verberga Construction, as well as books from Book Aubrey and Diana Zimmerman. There is something infinitely healing in the repeated refrains of nature, the assurance that dawn comes after night and spring comes after winter. And I think this is what we're all feeling right now when we talk about Uh, the month of May, because it really is such a rejuvenating time. Well, before I talk about May, I do want to tell you, I want to give a shout out to uh, Tim Barger of TimBarger.com, who is a new volunteer with Be The Star You Are, and he has been working on a fresh new website for us at btsya.org or btsya.com, and he was able to move hundreds of our book reviews to the new site and keep the site easily navigational. He's going to be tweaking it in between his full-time 
web design company and his devoted daddy role to his three-month-old daughter. But if you need fast, friendly, and competent web designing and consulting, give Tim a holler. He really is terrific to work with. You can email him at tim at timbarger.com. That's T-I-M-B-A-R-G-E-R. And his website, timbarger.com. So thank you, Tim, for helping us. It's not quite there yet. We're still working on it. But check out btsya.com or btsya.org. And that is our creative community where we have book reviews. We have all the press passes that are done through Voice America Radio. We have in the news all the things that are published, uh, events, and there'll be many more things coming. So We appreciate uh, this uh, support. So we're hoping that you are enjoying this uh, beautiful month of May. And don't forget, you can check out any of my Goddess Gardener articles by going to CynthiaBryan.com and clicking on Gardening Articles. You'll find all that and you can get tips for everything that's going on. So It's really May play or hooray for May, as we say. When I opened my front door, I can't even begin to tell you how intoxicating that waft of sweet jasmine is as it fills my nostrils. And I step out on that porch and I just want to just breathe it all in. It's just like... Ah, there were still droplets of rain that were clinging to the leaves of the Japanese maple. And then there was this bright orb of sunshine that was breaking through the cumulus clouds. And it encouraged the clematis to uh, reveal their incredible splendor. They're going so crazy as soon as the sun came out that they're actually twining around my roses. And my roses are like eight inches in diameter. It was, it was almost like overnight in the last week. The garden just sprang into beauty, just sprang, you know, it was just in, like wonder. So I just say May, you know, magnificent May. Because in April, we had copious showers, and then we had some solar assistance. And spring is always alive with lush and the grandeur of flora. But at, right at the moment, my garden is just bursting, bursting with the surprises of colors and textures and forms. Plants are sprouting that I thought had long ago failed or I thought had been eaten by the deer. You know, fortunately, I'd put in a deer fence this past year. And it really makes a difference. All kinds of things that have been nibbled to the ground are now just coming up. The orchard trees are abundant with the tiny beginnings of their luscious fruit that's going to ripen this summer and fall. Scampering from branch to branch, the squirrels are so entertaining. Of course, they are stealing the bright orange loquats in their harried feeding frenzy, but I still enjoy watching them. I know a lot of people don't like squirrels because um, they are very intrusive and they can do some damage, but here I don't have that many that do damage. They just eat some of my fruit, but there's enough to go around. There's birds, there's lizards, there's frogs, there's spiders, and there's other garden collaborators. They're all active in their pursuit of the bounty of the month of May. Yet, alas, I must say, there are weeds, 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 weeds everywhere. Uh, I have been spending every free hour, literally, in the garden uh, weeding. And, you know, I do it before work. I do it after work. I do it on the weekends. I pull, I compost, I pull, I compost, I pull, I compost. I mean, the good news is is that because California has had so much rain, um, 
that the weeds do come up rather easily, so that is good. But it's tedious and it's exhausting and it's a lot of hauling. What I do is because I have chickens and you know the geese and the goat and and um, all these animals that are my recycling ha- havens. I carry all these weeds up to the barnyard. I've used them as the bedding in the barn. I've spread them throughout the yard. The animals eat them. And then, of course, they make their own manure. And then I let them compost. And then it all comes back to the garden. I mean, it's a perfectly wonderful composting and recycling (laughs) way to do things. So um, I I really like amending my soil that way. I have been ready for May planting. I have already sown all of my okra, my beets, carrots, jalapenos, arugula, pole beans, bush beans, rattlesnake beans. Those aren't that, isn't that a crazy name, rattlesnake beans? It's because the beans, they look literally like rattlesnakes, and I should know we have them around here. I, um, I also sowed peas and Swiss chard and corn and pumpkin and cucumbers, a variety of lettuces, greens, and I even planted kohlrabi. Then I just planted my tomato seedlings, eggplant, and squash. I don't like to uh, plant seeds of those. For some reason, I've never had any luck. So I'm, um, I'm happy to plant some plants. So far, nothing is eating them. I did have a gopher take out three of my artichoke plants, and they were filled with artichokes. And the gopher literally sucked the artichoke plant into the ground which was really unnerving because I love my artichokes I wait all year for them I think the plants are beautiful and this past summer I had adopted three feral cats who are supposed to be chasing the gophers and getting rid of the mice and the rats but maybe I'm feeding these cats too much because obviously the gophers were around so that wasn't um that wasn't I, I you know I wasn't happy about that so when I was a child This time of year, outside of Christmas, of course, was my most favorite time because we were able to dig in the dirt, plant our vegetable garden, and moreover, we could just savor those succulent smells of the soil of spring. Now, that's a mouthful. That's a good alliteration. I love those alliterations. But it's so true. There's something about the smell of spring. It's like the soil just smells musky and rich. And, you know, when you dig in the dirt, you get that full feeling. All of my nails, by the way, are completely um, ruined down to the cuticle. I, all of my, I had really in the winter, I had been able to take care of my nails. And now I have none at all. My hands look a mess, even though I wear a pair of plastic gloves, like surgical gloves and regular gloves, just all that digging still broke the nails. And what I was told by a manicurist is that wearing the plastic gloves, because of the water that gets in there, it actually weakens your nail and it breaks it off. So my hands can really be the testament that I am gardening. Uh, When my kids were young, getting them involved in the outdoor projects was really paramount. And so I really think it's a great idea to invite your children to garden with you because kids just love getting dirty. You know, we were told that on our farm we had clean dirt because after a day in the garden, our bodies and our clothes were washed. You know, my mom used to brush us off with the broom, too. Now, children can be fascinated with worms and bugs and frogs and lizards and gardening together really forms family bonds with memories that will last forever. And as you witness, um, 
mine have. We were given our own plot of land to grow whatever it was that we wanted to. I did the same for my kids. And my son's name still remains on the gate where he began his veggie garden. So you might suggest that your kids grow a pizza garden or a spaghetti garden or maybe even, you know, a a Mexican taco garden. You could have tomatoes and peppers and onions and basil and oregano and garlic or or maybe they'd prefer to do a butterfly in a bee haven where pollinators will gather. I mean, you can think easy to grow plants like lavender and sunflowers or poppies. Now, one thing that's really important when you go out into the garden now is make sure to spray yourself and your clothing with bug repellent. Ticks are ubiquitous this season. They're hiding in the tall grass and the shrubs, and they're just waiting to jump onto a healthy human being and start their blood sucking. They are the vampires, you know, of the garden industry and the mosquitoes are already out and hatching so you either want to put dunks if you have uh if you have a pond or you have a um you don't need them on a uh, you don't need them on a fountain where there's running water but you need them where there's still water so if you have like a bird bath or you could call your vector control you could get some mosquito fish uh, make sure to dump out old tires because they're notorious breeders of mosquitoes. Waters get trapped in the inner rims and then the larvae multiply and they hatch quickly. And I just had vector control come out to my property uh, this week and they were telling me, I asked, well, can you spray? Cause I have three creeks on the property and some of them are slowing down. I said, can you spray for mosquitoes? And they, he said, No, you can't because mosquitoes fly up to 20 miles. So if just even one person within a 20-mile radius has even a saucer of water outside, you know, maybe they're on vacation or maybe they don't even know where it is or maybe it just, you know, is from a rain gutter. Maybe it's just a gutter that's plugged. The mosquito larva will hatch in three days and they can travel 20 miles to bite you. So you have to be vigilant and get your neighbors vigilant too. Well, spring is a time of healing. It's a time of new birth. It's refresher course on living. So step outside your front door, inhale that fragrance, observe the beauty, and then get into your garden for a day of play. And, you know, then just shout, hooray for May. So here are a few um, tips for May. It's time to divide perennials, especially those that are going to bloom in autumn, such as sedum and chrysanthemum. You can dig up the clumps, pull apart, and then replant in other areas. You can transplant shrubs, trees, and other plants that you want in other places in your garden. Or you can give them away to friends or family. But make sure you get as much of the root ball as possible when digging. And then you've got to replant immediately and then water thoroughly. As I said, I already planted my okra and beans and all that. So this is a good time to get that watermelon, cucumbers, corn, amaranth, tomatoes, peppers, uh, eggplant, squash, pumpkin. Whatever it is that you love to eat planted now because some of them take up to 72 days to till harvest and so that's a few months away remove the bulbs from any of the potted gifts that you might have gotten for easter you know so like the narcissus tulips hyacinths easter lilies anything any gifts that you might have gotten in april or even if you're getting um things now for mother's day after the blooms and foliage die black you can plant them in your garden. And then next year, you're going to be really surprised and thrilled when the blooms appear and you'll be reminiscent of the giver, whoever had given it to you, and that will rekindle some joy in your heart. 
Now, add nitrogen or organic matter while building the quality of your soil with a cover crop, and you don't want to leave any bare soil. So you could plant some radish, some cowpea, some sunflower, oats, flax, any of that for lovely cut flowers and prevent erosion until you're ready to plant something else. Now, my new book, Growing with the Goddess Gardener, book one in the Garden Short series, is in the publishing process. It has been delayed, and I apologize. I have no control over that, but uh, the proceeds will be benefiting Be the Star You Are charity, but you can email me for details or to get on my list to know when it is out, Cynthia at goddessgardener.com. And I will plan on seeing you at the Moraga Fair this Saturday, May 13th, and we'll celebrate Mother's Day and we'll have a lot of fun with a lot of complimentary gifts for you and your family. And don't forget to invite your mother for a day of garden strolling. Maybe visit a botanical gardener, a garden and make sure to give her a plant. So when we come back from break, Heather Brittany will be with us. And we're going to be talking about kids and how they are really working so much harder at school, and perhaps they're not as prepared as they need to be. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay tuned. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to Well, me. we are back, and we are with everyone's favorite health hero, Heather Brittany, who's going to be talking to us today about how young children are working more, and they're learning less, and that doesn't seem to be the, you know, the right way of things. So, Heather... What's happening in our American schools and the preschool classrooms? 
what's happening with the way educators or the way that you know the whole the whole uh, educational system is going with our little kids. Yeah, well, as we also know with the current election, um, who has been uh, put as our uh, educational leader, that's quite worrisome as well. But it kind of tags in with uh, taking people from this business sense and that we're slowly losing this uh, democracy and this kind of free republic of uh, working with just this one kind of minded thing. Is Gone are the days of finger painting and learning and talking talking and exploring my preschool experience um, I guess more with what considered uh, a communal kind of thing that even the parents participated in it and that you know it was I the, I remember very fondly and I can't say you know I remember these every little detail but when we watched these old movies I instantly get oh my gosh I, these silly little things that I remember when we put on the circus and when we had the open house and we made these things these the the blue cloud or uh, purple clouds purple clouds um, which I still make today they were little, so great. Right. Yogurt and, and grape I think, juice. You know, something and in America, this big thing um, is that as we grow older, the youth is our future. That you know, it's me now, and it's then it's the children that my friends and my you know these people are having now. We're always this moving forward. That um, you know, and people need to think of ideas and things are changing. Well, as we know, as America um, is not the top leader, though we are the top leader for economics, for we are, you know, the, the one of the greatest powers in the world when it comes to that academically. Children-wise, we do not um, get into at least the top ten. And there's been this new shift, and we've seen um, uh, in two different ways, that as funding's been cutting with schools, that many um, principal things, the art, and uh, and that and the you know arts drama all those kinds of things have been slowly uh, been taken out of schools as as well as recesses as well as playtime as well as these things that as kids as adults we crave we miss we say what was it like to be a child again and we talk about those free times and we think of oh the loss of innocence if I could just go back but yet we're not thinking about that this whole dynamic and what they've seen now um, this recent report it was saying is preschool or is kindergarten the new first grade? And the author of this study glumly discovered that yes, and that, um, you know, before we weren't thinking about, uh, you know, the mathematical skills of, you know, in, in uh, preschool and kindergarten to think that um, now these things could actually hold children back. And they found that, you know, going to a kindergarten room that now it's, um, they're learning, you know, that teachers that used to think that um, by the end of kindergarten or by the end of first grade is really when you're learning to read. In kindergarten, preschool is supposed to be getting you ready, socializing you and exploring and kind of, you know, getting getting children ready, excited, you know, preschool, excited for these things, not having uh, demands on them, not having homework, not every, having these task skills. And they're showing that... Um, the kids now are being exposed to so much more things, which is great when we think of one thing that we want our children to be smarter is. I think that's every person's goal is that you want your children to be smarter, more successful. Of everything of our society, we want to keep moving forward. You always want uh, the next generation to be better, and you know you, they, those kinds of things, and and to install that into people. And which is great in one way, 
um, but also we're missing some of these key concepts. And they're showing that now uh, children that have been exposed at earlier ages, that now uh, getting rid of, uh, you know, the arts, the playtime, having closed questions instead of, you know, one thing, for example, and you know very much well of uh, my many uh, masterpiece artworks as a child. Um, one thing yeah, I with- love them, and they're framed, and I still have them, and I wish I had had more. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing with children is having these open-ended con- uh, uh, conversations with children and getting their minds to explore. If you've ever talked with a little kid, a way if you let them go, they will go on and on, and it's sort of, you know, almost, it comes hilarious of where is this going, their, their imaginations and these things. If you keep playing the questions, um, where they'll take you there, and that's how children's minds should be. That's what we're supposed to be exploring there too is that it, right now their brains are sponges and everything should be these big questions and not these uh, closed minded demands and they talked about with art projects of um, if the kids you know to draw things and instead of coming to a child and saying oh you know this is what a beautiful picture of a house uh, addressing the child saying wow what what tell me about your picture because it may not be as you know some of my masterpieces <laughs> worked where what is this, um, and, you know, much to the beholder, it might not be a house what the child is drawing. It might be a cat or it might be a tractor. It might be something. And children also have that embarrassment factor that if uh, if something is called out, they might want to instantly, yes, that's why sometimes children, you'll hear them, they kind of uh, will lie, but in that innocent way, uh, if you tell them something of, you know, did you hear... Uh, Santa Claus last night on the roof. They want they want to participate in that too, and they'll say yes. Oh, I heard this and this because they don't want to feel that they missed that moment. Um, so those innocent things. So if you kind of say, oh, this is this picture of them, then they then they're very close to it. Yes, that is, and they're not. That's not uh, leading any more of the conversation to explore. And they found that kids that though. Um, at these younger ages, we're showing them, you know, we're, we're having reading and writing and, and homework and responsibilities and less time of exploring, less time of physically doing things, um, that by second grade, these children that, uh, that were set in this kind of to set off straight were almost already disengaged and lacked in other skills and, and weren't able, they knew concepts but didn't know really the truth behind them. And I don't know about you, but I know there's times uh, I've worked somewhere or I've done some things that uh, I'm learning, you know, this is the way things are, and I learn these things or I, I just sort of memorize the the you know the word the saying the saying of it but i don't really know what what that means i don't know why we do those certain things um that's just how it is and those kind of things um that's what we want to avoid we want to understand we want to have that full concept that continuous learning of things which is being uh, shut off with this and and something that is a, uh, really surprising is when they did these studies of saying what's going on here you know we're we're thinking uh, you know, early, early, we are such, we are number one in the competitiveness of the United States, that so we definitely have that competitive spirit. We want to be number one. And we are number one in this adult field-wise, but what's kind of driven this is with the young academics. And I have friends who are teachers who um, say to me that kids at such a young age feel so burned out. I remember in school feeling standardized testing 
was so hard for me that I am someone that I really excel in the creative ways, in the arts way. That, for me, that's what my talents really came out as. There's things right, and you know, that's with- what, unfortunately, our educational system here in the U.S., unless you go to a specialized school, we do not credit that. We're, we're all about, okay, reading, writing, arithmetic. You're going to follow a path. You're going to be a doctor, lawyer, or Indian chief. And if you fall somewhere in between there, you really fall out of the paradigm. Something that's happening right here in our area right now that really um, surprised me, and I'm, I was, I'm really against it, is that kindergarten, which has always been half day, right? Because kindergartners are young. They're what? Uh, five, four, five, six, the oldest, right? They're now going to extend kindergarten to a full day. So the kids will go to school, you know, have to have to start school at 10 to eight and they won't be done till three 30. So I can't, I mean, that again to me, that's just too long for those that young of a child. And so something that was fascinating to me with this whole thing is who is number one, for education, and though oftentimes, um, you know, the Asian countries were very, you know, China and Tokyo and Japan were very, were very close. We're always in the top five. However, number one is Finland and the Finnish. And we think, okay, what, what's going on over there? How are they so prestige? How are they not only uh, doing better than us, but exceeding, doing multiple levels better than us? And listen to what their system is a completely far off. So we are falling behind and we continue to get worse and having kids now um, that feel excellently, uh, you know, so much stress that, I, you know, 5.0s exist now that a 4.0 isn't even good enough. And oftentimes, you know, it used to be having a, a high school education is, of course, a key concept, but having um, a college thing that, you know, of course, that's what now that's the standard and, and almost now having then a master's or an MBA, you know, going any farther. Oftentimes, just having your degree really doesn't is okay. Who else? It's, you know, that's in a way, it's it's awesome. You're so that that true. Is, I mean, when I was in school, out. you could only get a 4.0. There was nothing higher. Oh, yeah. And then, as the years have gone on, as you said, now there's a 5.0, and it it just you know, if people used to have a 3.6, you were considered. Wow, that's amazing, you know. <laughs> and, and, now, and so that, that and, probably wouldn't get you into yeah, um, community and, college. And, I don't even and, know. And, it's uh, it's crazy. And you know, so on. And then one thing I just want to say, okay, touching back with this whole Finnish thing. So the Finnish school system thing that they, and again, they're much a much smaller country than us. But um, listen, so the Finnish school system, they use the same curriculum for all their students. Um, so that may be one of the reasons why there is. Um, less variation. And in a way, I think it's great that in America we do have uh, different curriculums, but also um, what can affect is with the teaching. That's where, you know, you hear that people say, you know, one, one of the big things when you buy a house, people look now thinking in their future, if they're going to have kids or if they have kids, they think the school systems around here. And as we know, cer- certain areas have um, great public schools. Certain areas have horrible public schools. And you really kind of feel like kids don't have a chance. Becoming a teacher in Finland um, is a highly competitive job, which here in America, I mean, these, of course, I mean, I have friends that are so incredibly smart and that have their masters and that are teachers, but as we know, teachers, it's, it is a, a heart-paying job, 
um, that you do not make a lot of money unless you know you're at a high, uh, you know, a very prestige school. Um, birth in Finland, it's a highly competitive thing. Just ten percent of Finnish college graduates are accepted into their teacher tra- training program. So it's that they they view their teachers as so highly, and their teachers' salaries um, are much, much higher uh, than here in the United States. And that's something that, you know, it's, it's seen almost as a doctor because it's saying these are the educators. Also, they don't teach reading until set, until people are in set, uh, seven years old, not seventh grade, um, until they, um, they don't start school until seven. Actually, this whole preschool and kindergarten, this preschool thing is a very uh, new thing for them over there. Um, it's just kind of uh, happened within the last 10, 15 years. And for them, because uh, the kids don't start until uh, they're seven, actual school, any preschooling thing is not an, in an academic sense. It's more of a conversational. It's getting kids, um, you know, acclimated with being with other kids. It's just socializing. It's that, it really is that finger painting and being a little kid, exploring them, getting them ready, those kinds of things. Um, students, uh, they have very little homework loads. Um, they do a lot more hands-on. They do diagnostic tests. Things, uh, you know, science. It's it's more of this creative world. Uh, teachers and, and students they visit, they go explore, they have uh, field trips. Uh, this kind of these things now that you're seeing in more private or schools that are kind of branching off these uh, magnet schools. Sometimes that in, in here in America that you hear of. I know here in just where I recently lived, uh, moved to. Um, there is a uh, a school very close to my home, and I you know, and I don't quite know all the schools, but I have a neighbor that they actually drive their child 15 minutes away. This it's crazy, you know. We have something that's walking distance at the end of our street, basically, but we drive um, to this other to this uh, magnet school that's more of like an arts and creative because they think, you know, that that's where their children are going to excel, and their children are doing wonderful. And also in Finland, they don't use grades. It's um, and not, you know, it's more of these, uh, you know, uh, so on basis of, is it of a uh, pass creative fail? skills. Is it yeah, pass and, fail? and they don't have standardized skills. And college is free, and, you know, school is funded um, for high, you know, it's, it's all these kind of things that, that I think we really missed the point on it. And here in America, um, especially in uh, lower-income areas, we know that schools and uh, are not given, sometimes just are not given that chance. And we have this mixing that, of course, now it is such a competitive uh, nation that we think, you know, gosh, you, this hard kind of thing, balance of I want my kid to be a kid, but then if I'm not, you know, exposing them to the violin and taking all these classes and these preparatory classes, are they going to fall behind? And that's kind of the big thing that people don't really know because, you know, education is changing and standards are changing and it is such a competitive thing. Um, but we also have to remember of what it was like to be a kid. And I feel, you know, we talk, uh, you know, we've had done many things about how um, these coloring books are a big, big thing. And that it's this stress relief that you know adults feel this reconnection and this uh, you know this peace of being with child. And now, I mean, if, is that what we're we're already putting ourselves into that market that we're already going to strip children of that that they won't even have that essence? That now, I mean, I think it's awesome and I think it's amazing and I think we should always be 
uh, you know, exposing our children and wanting them to learn and question and be excited about everything. I think that's the greatest thing, being a child, is that you are this sponge, is that you can absorb so many things. Um, and you have to, we, as you said, you've got to allow children to have fun and to play and to experience and to experiment on their own because that's really where children are learning. And, you know, um, I was reading also about Finland when you're talking about Finland, and they were um, the research was talking about the happiest places on earth where people report, you know, their the highest levels yeah. of bliss and less stress. And Finland was, a, was right there in the top five. And I thought, you know, that's very interesting because I I think I've been to Finland. I think it's a beautiful place, but I wouldn't have thought it would be a top place to live only because of the cold, right? Yeah. But the reality is, is I think because of all the stuff that you're saying is how they really value education. They value young lives. They value the idea of children being children and learning at age appropriate without pushing, 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 that uh, that not only are they happier, they're less stress-free, but their people are very successful. So yeah. that's something that to me is really, in, really important. And I think it's eye-opening that, um, that Finland has this, this level of education. And I don't know what, where we're going here in America. It really scares me. I mean, when you were just talking about uh, Trump, for example, the fact that he's he wants to get away with the Arts Council and humanities and I've, everything. Uh, everything yeah, it, it's a horrifying, not to get in the political thing, but I feel like almost when I watch the news things, it almost does not seem real. <laughs> like It almost feels like this is some mini-series drama you know, of warning us of like, look what can happen. Um, yeah, I mean, I listen me. to. There's, there's actually, I really like. I like talk radio, like what we're doing right now. And when I'm in my car, I often listen to NPR, and I really, you know, which is National Public Radio, and I really like it. And uh, he he wants to get rid of that. He wants to get rid of PBS. You know, public broadcasting, (laughs) that kind of thing. Um, To me, this makes absolutely no sense. It's, as you were saying, we need the arts. We need drama. We need sports. We need need people to do everything because you need the architects. You need the designers. You need the graphic designers. You need the web designers. You need people who think outside the box. And I think, you know, and I think we see, I think what's, bizarre in this thing is we've seen this uh, as something, you know, we've even seen things for it. Um, Here in America, we always think that, you know, uh, uh, students now that uh, uh, Chinese students tend to do the best in academically, and we've always been saying, okay, what's going on over there? And looking, I think, uh, looking at from uh, Chinese academics, that they are very, very rigorous from a young, young age. Um, but you often, I think, people miss the points when you dig in deeper and you see also the darker sides of it, or you see the things that are missing. Um, yes, I mean, there is uh, coming from their country great academics, but there is also a great 
sense of um, social shame with things when you don't end uh, depression and high sense of suicide, which we see continuously now. And also what's amazing to me is when we've gotten rid of so much of these um, human communications, um, you know, Internet, social media, our phones. I saw this great new thing. They're saying how phones are, you know, it's always we are this very... Um, uh, things digest very quickly now. Things are in and out, and you know that you these websites close. You know, it used to be closed, and now it's apps. Now it's social things, and that we live these different lives. That you know, of course, we we are so big now. There's this kind of this thing about speaking our truth and being our truth, and that you know we live in these filtered things that we have of all these different uh, social media sites, these social sites, um, but people themselves are feeling more isolated than they ever have before and that they don't, that they're lacking the communicational skills. And that's been a big thing that we've seen from other countries that they've scored academically very high, but social wise, it's a different realm. And I think that's what we see. And I think that's, you know, there's that kind of this weird tilt of, you know, people crave that and don't quite understand it because we, um, you know, we, we need these things, just as you said, our, our world is so built on um, the rogue, the different, the people beating to a different drum, um, and many, ironically enough, many of these things that uh, our current president is uh, trying to manage with, especially with our public and free media and social ways, um, i.e. his use of uh, Twitter and things like that that he would like, you know, he speaks so freely on, but then would also like to mute at the same time um, when anyone is able to uh, call him out in these ways. So uh, it's it's quite just a different a different world, you know, that we're living in. And I feel, you know, with with all of these academic things, I think, um, of course, things are always America. We're built on, you know, that we have this tradition of lack of tradition, which is great. We are this, we were the people that came here to wanted to start new. And um, I think, especially being in California, that is our big thing. We are this, you know, America's a melting pot and especially California with so many things. Um, And especially of our very outspoken witness. But I think when it comes to it, um, our children and our education, I think we want to show and expose our children to so much and great and to be curious and always to want and to learn more. Um, but I think when it comes to it, we also, I think that the, the things that really connect uh, with children is starting out is teaching them as children is, is at the core of what it's always been, you know, of, of blocks and colors and feelings and others and, um, and people and, and those kinds of things. I think, uh, I think one day it's it's interesting that we have such this uh, high demand and really you know the, the business and electronics, all these kinds of things are very sought after jobs and it's fantastic. Uh, but I I can definitely see that I bet in thir- 20, 30 years there will be this paradigm shift that now they want people that have more communicational skills and that can uh, you know work with people and have more creative things because. Slowly, that's going to be something that's faded out, and a very few people will be driven towards that. So it will become more of this, um, you know, big sought off, sought off thing. So my own thing of this, of reading and finding out, you know, of all these articles, I just um, I emphasize that that I 
you know, I remember being stressed as a kid and and feeling, oh gosh, you know, I you know now when people tell me about having homework and things, I just oh, I, I get those oh those nightmares of homework and feeling that stress, and I feel like my gosh, I I I couldn't even. Well, I have to tell you, you know, this week on Saturday we have our annual para festival, and this will be the eleventh year since it started and be the star you are has always been part of it. And we have teen volunteers and I have a teen chairperson. So I met with my teen chairperson on Monday to load the car up and to get all the things needed that we, and she was like an hour late getting to um, our site where we were loading. She was so apologetic. She had AP testing that was like she wasn't expecting it and they scheduled it last minute and she was so stressed out and that she had testing every day this week and and I just couldn't even get over her level of stress and it was just so sad to see you know she's just a young teenager just a freshman but they everybody wants to get into the best school so they're all taking so many classes they're doing all these extracurricular activities then they're volunteering and taking on big responsibilities and volunteer opportunities they're playing sports they're playing uh, a musical instrument you know it's yeah. I, I don't know where they have time and then they have four or five hours of homework every night and you know I was just like Honey, you've got to get some rest. Yeah. I mean, she was she was absolutely exhausted, just exhausted. And and you could tell that she wasn't trying to drop the ball and she kept apologizing to me. You know, she was like, I don't feel like I'm I'm doing the best I could possibly do right now. And it was like, well, oh I, it just seemed unfair to me that so much is put on our young people. And I'm not so sure if in the long run, as you said, if this is going to lead to success or if it's going to lead to a huge failure. Uh, because I don't think you get anywhere when you don't have playtime. You know, you have to be doing things that you love and not always be striving for that that gold medal where you're just working at it you know, 20 hours a day. And, you know, and I think that the kind of the sick thing of it is the way is it, is it almost, and this way upsets me, is that it just kind of plays into the monopoly of our society that of... I mean, that's how some business will success. I mean, other businesses capitalize on other people's stress. I mean, the reason we go, you know, we want to go get a massage or go do something. I mean, there's there's things that are in in the way of, oh, this is pleasure, and there's things that, oh, my life is so stressed. I never get to do these things. Um, it makes me sad that, you know, as people, we we don't know how to have fun anymore. That's why they make amusement parks. That's why, you know, and, and those things, that's like sometimes just getting outside, you know, for you, gardening, taking a walk, being Right, well, that's what I was talking life. about. Gar- we, we live these things now that, you know, well, we take vacations from our lives. That's what yeah. we do. But, you, you know, know, as God, I was saying, know, I was talking to, about it at the top of the hour. We were is, and maybe it and took we were me a long time to get here. Now we say we're taking a vacation, meaning we're getting away from my yeah. life. But it's good just to be able to step back and to say, you know, no, I don't need to go to that amusement park yeah. today. I just want to hang out in my backyard. And, you know, 
fix a fence or do nothing or look at the birds. I mean, there's nothing the matter with that. And in fact, it's really healthy for you. And for so long, we've been told that you have to be going, 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 or you're not doing enough. And I really fear for these young kids with all, especially now our preschoolers. I mean, when I grew up, there wasn't a such thing as preschool. And, you know, I never went to a preschool. There there wasn't even kindergarten. I only went to first grade. And, and, and you know, and you think, too, also the, I mean, it, and it's our society and the way things do is, and one thing what perpetuates it is our social media thing, that we are always putting out, you know, we never are putting out, this is me when I look bloated or I had a bad day. And this. it's always that, you know, we want to look our best in the filters and that is and that that. And we think now too. It's it's funny. My 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 things have gone from. I used to get all the pictures from friends that, who they were dating, and then the marriages, and now it's all the it's baby world. But of course, you know the first things with now with people is that now these little people, the stresses on them is that people instantly oh, you know you feel that comparison thing to someone else's child. Oh, so and so's kid is already walking, is already talking, is already, or you feel right, like, oh my god, right. my kid is. So, you know, such and such months old, and you know, and they're still just a little potato. You know, they're not right. doing, that people well, start feeling you know, that this, that this infant up needs to have these Heather, things. When you said, like on Facebook or social media, when people post, they really are only posting their best things. And you, I see people's pictures, and they're so touched up. Either that, or they've had too much plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> that nobody looks real anymore. And so yeah. I, I'm scared for these little kids who, you know, are carrying around smartphones at the age of five. You know, they have these little you know, mini- I, That's something I, I also, I, I 100% I understand we are definitely a technological world now. Um, and that's just how things are. But something I, I also worry some about, you know, kids with the smartphone, and not even speaking of anything, of the eye exposure that forever we've talked about with kids and TVs and, you know, that for myself, I didn't need, uh, start to need glasses until I was working in the medical world and we switched to electronic medical records, uh, which was a godsend. It was amazing because uh, before having to handwrite everything into um, someone's chart uh, took a very long time, and if there could be mistakes and you could miss something, versus being able to type everything up, and if there was something just to click back, and you know you were no longer losing charts. But now went from that I was in front of a computer for seven hours a day typing and looking at things at the end of the day, my eyes were so strained and now um, I need to wear glasses at night or, or even when I'm in front of a computer because my eyes are so strained from it. And so I think now um, the, what is this now that, you know, it is, is yes, it's uh, great in some ways that uh, I have a friend that is a teacher at a school that sounds like just like the most amazing school that they're, you know, what the kids are exposed to is fantastic. But at their school, there is a funding that uh, I think almost every child, I think every child has a tablet when they're at school. They have all, the, you know, they're, they're always using all these electronic things, which is awesome. And it seems, you know, it's considered a very, you know, ahead of itself kind of school. But the same way I wonder about, um, just this continuous exposure uh, of your eyes to um, non-natural light. 
um, right. on the, to these screens. I mean, that's why, you know, you get, I, I, I think about in those ways. And, and also our body language, how we are, you know, are we, so, you, know, uh, you know, adaptations over time of how, as humans, you know, the per- certain parts well, of our we bodies that we Everybody's change, looking down, you know, and, people are walking you know, along and they're looking down. Nobody's looking up. Nobody's looking at each other much less talking to each other. And, of course, people are all talking you know, or twittering or texting or whatever, but when they meet in person, they don't know what to say. Yeah. And, <laughs> so then, you know, and then, too, that you know, this whole new, a, the new world of bullying kind of thing, of the cyberbullying thing, of people, it blows my mind, um, you know, of people have so much to say uh, behind your back, or you know, you have so much. Your fingers have so much power um, when there's no one then to confront yeah, you. Yeah, that's and, sad. Uh, you know, and I, and then you know, when we see, however, these sad things that, um, however, words are very, very hurtful, whether they're coming from someone's mouth or someone's reading it, and we see the we see these horribly sad things now of children, younger, you know, because of these things. I mean, it's, it's kind of this weird uh, it's Pandora's box thing of, you know. You know, uh, I have a funny thing it. to share with that, and people probably already know it because it's been in the news, but I had to get a chuckle over it with our new first lady. You know how all the first ladies take on a cause? You know, oh, um, Michelle Obama wanted people to get fit and healthy and all of that, and uh, Nancy Reagan was the just say no to drugs. And, you know, everybody has, everybody has, uh, every first lady takes on a cause. And Melania took on the cause of, cyberbullying. She wanted to stop cyberbullying, but then it was pointed out to her that the biggest cyberbully was her husband. Yeah. And, and evidently she dropped it. And so nobody knows what her new cause is going to be. But yeah. I just thought it, that was My quite, gosh. I thought that was quite funny because um to, you know, I mean to be so out of touch to to choose a cause that your husband was like he was really part of it but listen we only have a couple of minutes before we have to end and I just wanted to talk for a second about Mother's Day because Mother's Day is on Sunday and I wanted to give a shout out to all the mothers around the world who make this a um, you know who make our children who they are and and who can help with everything that's going on in the schools and everything that's going on in the educational system the moms can be the ones that can counteract that. But something I was reading that I didn't know, do you you know when Mother's Day actually started? Uh, No, tell me. No, Um, I've always just thought of it as being kind of a commercial day, you know, because like for cards and all that. But it was actually in 1914, it was President Woodrow Wilson who signed a measure officially establishing the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day because, Yay. yeah, isn't that something? As, because it was actually in um, 1868 that a woman named Anna Jarvis had organized a Mother's Friendship Day where mothers gathered with former Union and Confederate soldiers to promote reconciliation and forgiveness, you know, because their sons Oh, because, every, you know, you always think of, even when people are bad or good, you always think that was someone's son, that, that was, was someone's, someone's daughter. daughter. That's someone's and her daughter, daughter. Her, her daughter, 
who um, who was named Anna Jarvis, actually decided she wanted to create this first official Mother's Day celebration. And she pushed for it and pushed for it. She remained unmarried and childless her entire life, but she resolved to see a holiday added to the national calendar that would celebrate moms. So there you have it. It was Anna Jarvis who had this happen. President Woodrow Wilson signed it into measure in 1914. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Heather, we're out of time. So we need to thank everyone for being great listeners. And Heather, I'm so glad you brought all this. (laughs) Yes. And thank you for all the mothers. For more information about Be The Star You Are, visit bethestaryouare.org. Again, our new site is up. It's still under construction, but it's working at bethestaryouare.org. This is our creative community where you'll find book reviews and the newsletters and anything that is creative is going to be there. For information about Star Style Productions, you can visit star-style.com. We hope to see you at the Moraga Fair this Saturday, where we'll be giving away complimentary books. We'll be doing face painting. There's going to be fun for the whole family. There's food trucks. There's wine and beer. There's a car show. There's a playground for the kids. There are There's entertainment. It really is going to be fun. Check our website, bethestarur.org, and go to events. And until next week, we really encourage you just to be the star you are, to enjoy Mother's Day, to do something special for your mom, and to be here with us next Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. You have been listening to Cynthia Bryan and... And and, uh, Brittany. And this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We thank you and encourage you to go out of the world and be your best self. Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk next Wednesday. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. Keep staring, keep caring, keep loving.